0: The scripture reading for today comes from Psalms 121, verses 1 through 8. I lift up my eyes to the hills. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun should not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep you for life. The Lord will keep you going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Whew. That's good. That's good. And uh, this is the word of the Lord. You may be seated.
1: Amen. Thank you, David. That is good. Uh, excited to be here with you all this morning. My name is Dave. Um, I'm the lead pastor here at Redemption Church Tucson, and um, uh, just so glad you're here. And um, if you've never heard me preach before, or you're new, um, or you forgot because I didn't preach last week, I have a... St- so just want to give you all a, a heads up on that so you know um, as, as I go along and preach that you're not trying to figure it out um, as we go. And again, as I said, just really, really glad you're here. Um, you'll you'll notice over the next couple of weeks that, again, our college student kind of demographic will start to um, come back in. I'll just say again, we're really, really glad for that and really love it, love um, love who God's really called to be a part of redemption. We say we exist for Jesus' glory and the good of Tucson and a massive part of that means the um, U-, U of A. Um, in fact, I'm wearing blue and red socks right now. So all about the U of A. But um, that's not the only demographic by any means that we're, that were called for. So if you've kind of made redemption your home or you've been coming throughout the summer, um, we're really glad and, um, uh, uh, for that and just thankful that we've gotten to know you. Again, we have that barbecue coming up in a few weeks, which is just a great chance to kind of kind of transition from summer into the fall, and um, just excited for what God has, um, has up ahead. And, um, you know, as we get into it this morning, um, I'm going to just ask you to go ahead and turn with me to Psalm 121. If you have an app on your phone or you have a... Bible with you. Go ahead and turn there. Um, if you don't have a Bible, please hold your hand up and keep it up. I want to make sure you have one that you can look at and read as we go along so you know this is indeed God's Word that we're um, walking through. So hold your hand up high if you don't have a Bible with you and you need one. Um, and if you don't own one, this is our gift to you. Um, Okay, So we want to make sure that you can have a Bible that you can keep and understand and read in your own language and really make, make um, you know, yours. And again, follow along because it's a gift. We've been in the Psalms for the last, um, all, all summer, and it's just been a really good, encouraging time to, to read about God and his nature and then um, what it means to come before him. And we just heard last week in Psalm 119 um, well, what it looks like to delight in, in God and to, and to come before him. Um, and so it's been good. So this is our second to last week in the Psalms. I am... Yes, uh, it's um it's been good. It's been refreshing, as I said. But I am excited for what's up ahead. We're gonna be getting into the Sermon on the Mount, um, the most famous and effective preacher ever. Jesus um, gave the uh, Sermon on the Mount. M- Matthew chapter five, verse um, or chapter five through chapter seven is just straight up Jesus. Jesus preaching, and um, it, it's it's the good news um, uh, right out of His mouth. And so everything we say is always all about Jesus. We say all of life is all for Jesus. So I'm really excited throughout the whole fall to just hunker down and, and be um, shaped under the words of Jesus. It's, it sounds good. Amen really excited for that. So with that, let me go ahead and pray. Um, but, but first, let me just share where we're headed. Is, um, this is a short psalm, okay? We went from like 150 verses last week to, um, to eight this week. And so, yes, I handed off the 150 to someone else to preach, and I'm just coming back to eight. Um, I have a stutter. Don't make fun of me for that. No, that's not why. But um, so, so this week, though, this is, this is action-packed. And what it is? It's a song of hope. And then as we walk through it, we'll see that, that God helps his people. And then God shapes and protects his people. And God keeps his people. And, and hope, hope that shapes and informs our lives is found in those, in those truths. So I'm excited to see what God has in store for us. Um, let me go ahead and pray as we get into it together. Lord, thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. Um, thank you for this whole summer, for the time we've had together to be in your word and to, uh, Lord, to, to, to get a, a, a more clear understanding of who you are and then from there what it means to walk with you, to come before you honestly with our questions, our doubts, our angers, our frustrations, our rejoicing, our excitement, our struggle, our um, everything in between. Lord, thank you that uh, you are big enough and good enough that we can come as we are. And so I pray that um, you will continue to shape us and, to, Lord, to speak to us through your word. Lord, let um, whatever I have to say, my, my words, um, not be what, what ultimately counts here. But, Lord, let uh, um, Lord, let, let our, 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 our hearts and our minds be shaped by you. Lord, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God endures forever. And so we're hopeful and expectant as we come, um, as we come before you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So um, let's get right into it. Verse 1, Psalm 121. I lift my eyes up to the hills. From where does my help come? This is an honest question. This is like a real question. Um, and I think we get this a bit here in Tucson, right? If you've, how many of you were here throughout the whole summer? Let's just see. A, like the majority of the summer, you were in Tucson. Okay, that's helpful, actually, just to see and to know. Um, I don't know if you were in this case. Now that I'm um, in the life where I am, um, we do have air conditioning in our house, though it went out for uh, about a week, um, it was rough. And then, so how many of you were here like the fateful day, like was it three weeks ago? Here, let's see it. Okay, you earned like a badge. Okay, you get a badge for this. If you were here when the air went out, we were sweating bullets together, um, we were going through it together, but it was good, um, it was a good time to to kind of, to, to suffer <laughs> together. And, um, but, but so you know, like when, when it's hot, like one summer I worked cons- cons- here. And um, I remember like those first couple weeks before the monsoons finally start dumping the, the rains. And Phoenix doesn't get monsoons, right? They don't know what, they say they do a little bit, but it rains like three times throughout the summer here. And we are blessed to just have it dump on us. Sometimes that knocks out our air, like it happened to us, knocks out our electricity. But but before it comes, you're sitting there, and you're just like, when are they going to finally open up? Like, when is relief going to come? And when you look, if you've ever been up to Mount Lemon, you know, you're like, it's cooler up there. When can I get up there? We've been only once this summer. Like, a handful of us from the church went camping. Um, I wore something I forgot even existed, a sweatshirt. It was amazing to be cold enough to put a sweatshirt on. And so I encourage you, if you're thinking about it, go up to Mount Lemmon. It is a hitchhike if you have to. Get up there. It's worth it. Um, it's like 20 degrees cooler. But, but, you know, you look at the mountains, right? And, and again, you can, you're hot, you're suffering, and you're like, where's my help going to come from? Well, in this context, it's something like that, but not, it's not just a broad, like, Call. Where's you know? I'm hot. I need to cool off. I need. This is um. This is a part of what's called the 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 Psalms of Ascent or the Songs of Ascent, and there are about f- fifteen of these Psalms right here in this in this um in this section that we're in that, that, that people as they were making their way to Jerusalem, which is is referred to in both the Old and New. Testament as the city of God or the city of the great king. And so as people were making their way to Jerusalem, they would actually ascend a hill. Okay? It was actually on a hill and, and specifically there was a, a hill on the hill called the Temple Mount. And the temple was the place where in that time, before Jesus, was the place where God had chosen to reside, where his presence dwelled and where people could come and find intimacy with God and could come and offer sacrifices and could come before God. And so as people were were ascending the hill toward Jerusalem and then specifically ascending the Temple Mount, they would would recite these psalms, these 15 psalms that are psalms of hope. They're, they're overwhelmingly um, hopeful. And so people would, um, would, would, would sometimes you know, read them and have questions like this one, honest, sincere questions, like we've walked through a lot, and this one, where's my help going to come from? In, in this case, these people would be some, sometimes struggling in the whole year looking forward to that time when they would make their way to Jerusalem. And as they're ascending, wondering, where's my help going to come from? What's going to happen? Is God going to meet me? Is God, going to, is God going to restore me? Is God going to hear me? Is he going to receive me into his presence as I offer these sacrifices? You know, I've done things that I'm not happy about. I'm, I'm ashamed. I've been struggling. This kind of tragedy I've gone through, whatever it might be, and asking this kind of question, where is help going to come from? But God helps his people. And, and this is quickly followed by the answer in verse 2. My help comes from the Lord, who made, the heaven, and earth, who made heaven and earth. Okay, there's, there's a question. I lift my eyes up. I'm wondering. I'm questioning. Where's my help going to come from? And then quickly followed. Oh, yeah. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And let me, let me um, encourage you and challenge you with this. What comes to mind right there when it says the Lord? My help comes from the Lord. Who or what comes to mind? Right? I think I shared this a couple of weeks ago. A man, A.W. Tozer, said the most important thing about us um, is what comes into our mind when we think about God. Okay, that's the most important thing about us is what, is, is what we think of God. And Whether you identify as an atheist or an agnostic or, or a Christian or, or somewhere in between or struggling or figuring out whatever it might be, um, something comes to mind. And, and I want to ask you, what is it? Because to this person, the author of this psalm, um, around 3,000 years ago, about 1,000 years before the time of Jesus, something came to mind. When the psalmist wrote, the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, it wasn't an ambiguous idea like is very popular and common today. Some form of uh, pantheism, panentheism, th- th- theism, kind of the idea that a force or an idea, kind of an all-encompassing, you know, kind of idea of God kind of maybe got the ball rolling and then just kind of let things figure it out um, as it went, okay? That's a very common idea today. Um, Again, I, I, I believe probably many of us even here today have some kind of idea like that. God is a force, an idea, got the ball rolling, may or may not be too interested in the comings and goings in everyday life right now. So when we ask that question, where does my help come from? And we follow it up with, oh, the Lord, an idea, a philosophy, an entity, a force. That's not very hopeful. But, but a, a person, a, a real present God who made the heavens and the earth as we'll see next week as we spend time in Psalm 139, beautiful passage. We see the intimate creation that God has of his nature and his character informing forming you and me and knowing every number of hairs on our heads. And, 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 and that's, that's the Lord. That's who this is talking about. And we see that most clearly in Jesus. The person and work of Jesus. God who... Didn't just leave us there and say, okay, I'm going to get things started. You take it from here. Good luck. Okay, when you look for help, like maybe all the energies will come together and help you out. No, God said, I'm not going to leave my people there. Because we sinned, we turned away, we turned our backs on God. All we like sheep have gone astray, each one to his own way. God doesn't just say, good luck with that. No, God says, I'm going to help my people. I'm going to create one through whom the entire world will be blessed. I'm going to restore what has been broken. I'm going to work out my plan of restoration and send my son Jesus. And so Jesus comes. And um, don't, don't turn with me necessarily there. Um, you don't have to. I'll have it up here on the screen. But um, Hebrews chapter 1 verses 1 through 3 captures this beautifully that Jesus is the Lord, the, the maker of heaven and earth, the one from whom our help comes. It says this, Hebrews chapter 1 verse 1. Long ago at many times and in many ways God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days he has spoken to us by his son, that's Jesus, whom he appointed the heir of all things through whom also he created the world, okay? Beginning and end, Jesus is God, God the Son, not created, okay, but instead the one through whom all things were created, the maker of heaven and earth. Verse three, he is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and hear this, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power, he upholds the universe by the word of his power. Where does my help come from? God, I'm struggling right now. I don't know. I'm, I'm in the, as um, Elliot said at the beginning, which was probably the, an amazing, like he preached basically during the welcome. That was amazing in preparing our hearts to be, to come before God and to be encouraged and to find hope in him. And he said, right, wherever you are in the valley or at the peak or somewhere in between, and, and I know, um, again, wherever you're at, for those of you who are not Christians and are still figuring out, I know You have times in your life where you're asking, where does my help come from? And the good news of Jesus is this. He is the one who's upholding the universe. He is the one who didn't just get the ball rolling and say, good luck with that. But he is the one who says, I'm here. Come and lay your burdens on me. Come and give your life to me. Come and trust your heart to me. I'll take care of you. I'm not distant. I'm upholding the universe. Everything, the stars stay in place. The the rotation of the globe keeps keeps on the right, at the right pace and keeps on its right axis. Some of you guys just know I'm not a scientist. You just saw that by my description of that. (laughs) But, But you know that Jesus, almighty maker of heaven and earth, is here to help. He's present. So when you ask that question, where does my help come from? You have to look no further than the person and work and rule, present rule of Jesus. God helps his people. God helped his people. God is helping his people. God will help his people. Have you put your faith in Jesus and become a part of his people? he's calling out for you to entrust your life to him, to confess your sins, to confess, God, I've gone gone after it on my own. I've walked away from you. I'm trying to do it on my own. I've, I've mistaken you for something other than who you are, but perhaps I pray in this moment even, he's revealing himself to you through his word, and he's showing he is the author, the maker of heaven and earth. He's the creator, and he's present. And he's calling you to put your faith in him. He helps his people. And we'll see that theme continue to, to unfold as we go. But also, um, God, God protects and shapes his people. And so we'll, we'll, we'll see that here in, in verses 3 through 6, that, um, that, that there's some, some, kinda, some very practical um, structure to the helping um, presence of God. That, that, he, that he shapes his people and he protects his people. And look with me. Okay, right in verses 1 and 2, it said some things Right like this. I lift my eyes up to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord. Right? That's first person voice. And then it switches, though, in verse 3. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. It, it switches to a second person voice and, and we can't miss the implications here because this is so important that you and I as individuals come into greater clarity and are more firmly anchored in the good news of the of the help of God is in the fact that we 're not alone that God doesn't just say all right um it's all between you and me and, and so often though we fall into that into that into that error, right even during some of the wo worship songs, and, and don't, I'm not trying to condemn you with this by any means, okay, but, but to maybe to further peel back the layers and the beauty of what it means to be God's people is this, is that, is that he's called you as an individual to put your faith in Jesus, okay, and, and historically, um, some of the mainline Denominations, or perhaps the Catholic Church or the Orthodox Church overall as a structure, okay, not just specifically individuals, but if kind of erred on the side of, um, hey, it's all about what you do as a Corporate people coming together. It's all about Sunday. It's all right. And we've we've talked a lot about this, the sacred and secular divide. And it's all about what we do together and these these are sacred moments and all this is, is coming together as a people and you know the priest, I'm not a priest, but you know, the 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 pastor or kind of is the is the official and then everything else that you do is is, is cool. And, and that's an error and that misses the need to have a personal saving faith. Through, your, through entrusting your life to Jesus but on the flip side of that on the other extreme I think maybe evangelicalism is aired on this side that's it's all about me it's all about like we for and no more right like the Holy Trinity and me and even you kind of you kind of like picture during our worship times like as if there are a bunch of little like little lights from heaven you know coming down on all of us as individuals and even some of our Pushback about what we do and how we go about our time worshiping corporately together. is like, it's all about me. It's all about my connection with God. And I don't, man, this person sings out of tune. Yeah, that's me if you stand anywhere near me. And, and, and so I don't need, I need to move over here. And everything's structured for me and, and everything needs to be just, just right for me. And that's, um, that's not good news. Okay, if it's all about you and what you get out of it, And if you're just left on your own, that's not good news. But the good news is that God is shaping a people. Say with me, people. 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 Okay, Um, if you look here in verses 5 and 6, the Lord is your keeper. Your keeper. He's got you individually. But then it says right before that in verse 4, behold, he who keeps Israel. That's the people of God. He who keeps Israel will neither sleep nor slumber. And the Lord is your keeper, right? It's, there's this overlapping, and yet we create these dichotomies, and we think, it's all about me, me, me. And then others, no, it's all about us, and what I do doesn't really matter as long as I'm kind of identified with the whole, and it's not either or, it's both and. The good news is this. God has saved us individually through placing our faith in Jesus, and he's called us into his people as a corporate community look at your neighbor and say neighbor, neighbor. I, need I need you and then now look over to your other neighbor neighbor, neighbor. you need me <laughs> okay some of you just got a first date you're welcome <laughs> no that might have been maybe not hope hey don't don't get weird But if it works, you know, talk. Go out to lunch. But seriously, um, guys, we need each other. It's a lie that you're supposed to go at this alone. It's a lie that it's all about you. And the good news of God's shaping of his people most clearly um, seen through Jesus is that he's forming a people. When he hung on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He said, all those who have been entrusted to me, I will not let be snatched from my hand. He said, one, he cares about, in John chapter 17, Father, let them be one as we also are one. He cares about who we are together. Okay? So, so amen? Right so so let let me just say if you show up late and you leave early or some combination therein and you think man it's all about what i want to get or you or you skip out on the sermon or you skip out on the beginning welcome part or you skip out on the end or whatever you're missing something okay God, the gift of the corporate worship that we that has been observed for the last 2000 plus years that we every little part of it right the call to worship the 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 welcome is is a very important part. It's not just announcements. It's, and, then, and, then the, and then the confession, individually and corporately confessing before God. And then the assurance of grace right after being reminded that as we confess our sins individually and together, that we are forgiven by our God individually and communally. And then we hear the word of God for us individually and communally to shape us individually and communally, and then we respond, and I'll get into this, and we come forward, and it it matters how we do it because we're coming before God's table individually and communally, and then we sing in response to that and the good news, and then we hear the benediction, and if you leave before that, not not a week to week, if you have to go early or something happens, I'm not shaming you, but if this is a habit or a practice of yours, you're missing out. You're missing out on God's gift of shaping a people. and the benediction, we say it, we're sent out as the people of God in response to the good news of Jesus to carry his good news, to be a light to the nations as a city set upon a hill that by seeing our good works together, they will glorify our Father in heaven. That's good news And we observe that every week through our corporate worship together. God is shaping a people to be his own. And then God is also protecting us. God is protecting us. He's he's shaping us and protecting us through a lot of what we heard last week in Psalm 119 about delighting in him, right? Verse three He will not let your foot be moved, he who keeps you will not slumber. God is there. He's present. He's not going to leave you. And so we need to be in his presence. And, and uh, last week we heard through Psalm 119 what it looks like to delight in being in God's presence. Not to pile a weight on ourselves. Not to keep a little, you know, g- g- like star chart, a little golden star chart of how many, how we're doing on our quiet times. And some of us do weird stuff to, to kind of keep track of how we're doing with God and it's completely anti-Christ. It's not the gospel. Okay, and, and it, I love that last week Will said, look, I'm not here to pile it on you and make you walk away from here feeling guilty and being like, I should spend more time in my Bible. You know, I should memorize it more. I should be praying more. That usually doesn't produce what we should be doing. but But when we... Understand what we're missing out on when we understand that the Maker of heaven and earth, who who from where our help comes, the the one who who um who who who's got us and who says, "Come before me, come lay your burdens on me. My yoke is easy and my burden is light." Come, then that that starts to ignite a desire and a delight, and we we want to be in His presence. And if you if you miss that, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. It's online, but. The, the main idea was, you know, get, get get creative if you need to. Some of you, like, for me personally, I run. I know you can't tell, but I like to run. Um, and when I'm doing that, it, um, that's where I really, I just can pray most effectively. Sometimes I need to hunker down and get on my knees and, and, and be quiet and focus in in prayer like that. Or in my car, I put my headphones in so I don't look crazy, and, um, you know, and I, and I pray right then, and for me, it's usually not like, you know, this kind of posture, or, you know, it's, I can't really focus that well, um, I journal, you know, certain, th- whatever's gonna, gonna further foster that delight in the Lord, spend time with Him. But let's continue to read, as I said in verse 3, God will not let your foot be moved, He's not going to let you slip up. And there's a protection. It's not just come and delight. And, you know, there's, there's also language there of shade, right? Um, the Lord is your keeper, verse 5. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. There's this, um, right, talking about shade, and there's still a delight there, right? Like, shade, what comes to mind for shade? I don't know. Hammocks, I saw one of my friends just posted a picture of a hammock, and I would never, I would need someone else to hang up a hammock. For me, I don't trust my construction skills to hang up a hammock. Yes, you have to have construction skills to do things like that, right? But you picture, like, relaxing, drinking lemonade, relaxing, there's a delight. But we in Arizona, we know that shade's not just about comfort, right? Like, at the parking lot, we know, not everybody else knows, the closest spot is not the best spot. The shaded spot, right? It's not just because it's delightful and you sip your lemonade. It's like protection, right? It's like if your, your kids forget to where they're, um, where they're put their Crocs on, right? Hypothetically, I know nothing of this. And they're standing in there, they're like hot, hot, hot. And they're not thinking, I want to go get in the hammock and relax and drink lemonade and relax in the shade. They're like, my feet are burning. I've got to get out of this. I need protection from this. And, and so this language here of God never letting your foot slip because he never slumbers. And also um, the Lord being your shade and your protection from the moon by night and from the sun during the day, has, um, has a language there that, 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 that let me, now hear me on this, we're gonna dig into it, should be encouraging, should be delightful, but also might need to be scary. Because you and I and the people here need protecting from outside elements, from outside temptation, from our neighbor, from whatever, it, from what we see on TV, on the internet, from um, what comes to our hearts when, when, when someone cuts us off in traffic, what, whatever it might be, we need protection. And we also need protection from ourselves. Okay, you need to be protected from you. And that needs to sink in here because this should be good news. It should bring up ideas like you know Olaf singing and dancing and pretending to you know be in the summer and all these nice things. But it also needs to bring to mind something that, that God's going to protect you from you and that God loves you too much to just let you go off and do what you want to do because sometimes that's going to mean damage to you and to the people that you love. My um, older brother, w- 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 one of them, has gotten his third DUI. Um, and he's a believer. He's a Christian. He's put his faith in Jesus. Um, we were baptized on the same day a long time ago. We, we've grown up beside one another. And, and when he's in his sober mind and we talk about it, he, he acknowledges, man, this is God's severe grace protecting me like he can't some other people someone else in my family has been legally driving drunk for probably 40 years and has never gotten pulled over never gotten a ticket Um, it's you know it's not good but he's been doing that he's not a believer not a Christian don't get I don't know where it all breaks down I don't know the mysteries of what God's doing in every moment but I know that in my brother's case he won't get away with it (laughs) God protects him from himself too much. He tries to wander and stray and God's like, all right, (laughs) I'm going to protect you from that. And it sometimes shows up in severe grace. Grace is undeserved favor. Grace is sometimes God protecting you from you. Author and pastor Tim Keller said this in a little devotional that I read um, off of this, Psalm 121, and he said this. An ounce of sin can harm us more than a ton of suffering sin can harden our hearts so we lose everything but suffering if handled rightly can make us wiser happier and deeper sometimes not always suffering in our lives is god's loving protection sometimes our suffering is god shaping us now hear me I am not saying whatever's going on, whatever kind of struggle you have, whatever kind of financial woes is like, well, you did something wrong and God's like zapping you for it or God's, God's, you know, putting you in check or you're not right. We reject what's known as the prosperity gospel that says if you're doing what you're supposed to do and you're living faithfully, then God's just going to give you everything and you're going to be blessed and you're going to not stutter and you're going to leap out of your wheelchair and my older brother who has no arms you know used to hear this and he was like maybe maybe if I just believe hard enough arms are going to sprout out is God big enough to do that yes but is that gospel that says if you do this then God's going to give it to you exactly as you expect it well no we we would reject that wholeheartedly and say no God is good um in our suffering in our pain in our struggle he is our portion and our strength forever Right? We hammered on that two, two weeks ago. But this is saying sometimes um, sometimes we need the other side of the shepherd's crook. Okay, if you picture a shepherd, and right, we, we like to think of like a loving shepherd, right? Again, John chapter 10, Jesus pursuing his wandering sheep, and we're like, you know, prancing, and he's like, come here, little sheep, and you know, I'll cuddle you and pet you and snuggle you and f- feed you with a bottle. Well, I've heard that sheep sometimes like one runs off a cliff and the other one does and they just start going at it and following following each other. And sometimes the loving shepherds like, you know, going and nurturing isn't going to work. He's got to turn that crook around and use the hard end and start batting sheep so they, you know, come back to his fold. Again, God loves you too much to let you go off apart from him. When Jesus says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you in Hebrews chapter 13, that's encouraging words. That should that should bring up delight and maybe in some context brings up pictures of hammocks and lemonade. God's But also it might be really scary. God's grace and God's protection of you may be really scary. Sometimes when I meet with you or hopefully when we meet with each other and we pray for each other and we say, God, whatever it takes, break them. Bring this person back to your, into your presence, Lord. Do, use whatever you've got to do to protect this person, to grow them. Sometimes that's really scary. But it's absolutely terrifying to think about God being completely absent. And the good news is that God is calling you to have a faith in him and he said, I, I, I'm a God who helps. I'm a God who shapes. I'm a God who protects. And then the language as we close in the last two verses is that God keeps his people. Right? The big theological idea is the perseverance of the, sh- uh, of the, of the saints. It's God saying, I will never leave you. Sometimes it's going to hurt. Sometimes it's going to be really nice and really comforting. But, but I'm going to keep you. Read Read with me verses seven and eight. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. The Lord will keep you from all evil. Evil and sin that's been committed against you and evil and sin that comes from you. He loves you too much to just let you go off and do whatever it is that you want to do. God is not a mystical force, an idea, right? An idea that just got the ball rolling might let you wander. But God, the God of the Bible, the one with whom you have to relate, the real, the personal God, the God who said, let us make man in our image. The Lord Jesus in Hebrews that we just read earlier, it said, I'm holding the universe together. The one who said, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. I'm the one from whom your help comes. He's got you. God helps his people. He shapes his people individually and corporately together. He he protects his people. And he keeps his people. And so now as we respond, as we do every week, um, Jared's going to come up in a moment. Moment, And he's going to more practically lead us through our time of response. But let me help connect the dots here, okay? Some of our applications, some of you might be wondering, like, what now? What do I do with this? Where, where do I go from this? Well, um, every week when we take communion, right, we come before the table, the Lord's table. When Jesus, the night that he was arrested, he took bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you, And he was talking to individuals and to a people. It was his disciples. He said, take, whenever you gather together, take and eat in remembrance of me. And then he took a cup and he poured it out. He said, this is my blood poured out to cover your sins to cover fully as far as the east is from the west so that shame and the effects of sin in their their ultimate sense will be done away with. Come and be reminded of this. Come and take communion. So when we come up and take communion, we don't just do it individually. We don't hand it down an aisle and just say, take it on your own. And I know there's a better way we could do it, and we might need to add some tables in the back and there are more practical things that we can do and that we think about but we intentionally do it this way where we're coming forward and we say if you've never individually put your faith in jesus this is not for you because by helping communion you're saying i identify with jesus my hope my help my protection my keeper is god i've entrusted my life to him but we don't just do it individually and come forward. You come forward individually, but we do it as a people, right? We respond together. We come forward, and every, you hear the chairs, and you, you feel and you experience coming before the Lord's table together, individually taking communion as a community. And, and you look to the cross, and you see, and you hear the word sung, and you, and you recite the good news of God together. And then we sing as I said you don't some of you are amazing singers and you don't need me singing out a tune right next to you in order for you to sound better you could do that in your car in your shower or wherever it is that you sing best but but that's but you do need me and I do need you and we need to hear different people from different walks of life that shape up the beautiful tapestry of God's people together singing corporately And as we say, go and pray. Wherever you are, um, you're not designed to walk through this alone. Um, Pray with someone. Pray with people. Whatever it is that you're walking through, we're, we're a community. Individually and together. God's people who he helps and shapes and protects and keeps. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for uh, for your word again. Thank you for, um, Lord, thank you for time right now to pause. We, um, man, we keep a really fast pace, and every Sunday as we come here, and throughout the week as we gather in a other's homes, as we send text messages to each other, as we call, as we say, I, I need someone else to be walking alongside me, um, my-, my burden is heavy right now, I need to be reminded, I need someone else to share in this, I need, um, I need to be reminded that I'm a part of the people of God, I need to be reminded, I'm looking to the mountains right now and I don't know where my help is coming from, I, I need to be reminded of the good news of Jesus Or I need protection from myself. I can't do it on my own. I've tried, I've put everything in place to do it on my own, but man, God has given me a gift of a community and I need others. I need help. I'm I'm forgetful where my help comes from. And we need each other to say, look to Jesus. I'm, I'm with you. I'm sitting in it with you. I'll pray with you. I'll pray for you. I'll remind you of the good news of God, who's shaping and forming and keeping and helping his people. Lord, thank you for that. I pray now, Holy Spirit, that you'll do a work in us. I pray that those here who have never put their faith in Jesus, that, Holy Spirit, you would do a work, that you are indeed opening eyes and ears and softening hearts, and, Lord, not, 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 not piling on a weight, but, 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 but wooing people, or to put their faith and their trust in you. And so now, as we respond, we thank you for this gift. In Jesus' name, amen.